Hello and welcome to the Monday, August 8, 2016 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Jackson, Florida. Didier has been writing a couple diaries lately about malicious RTF files and in response to help him better analyze and make it easier to analyze these files, he wrote a tool RTF dump on Saturday. Didier did publish a diary with links to videos showing you how to use RTF dump. So if you run into malicious RTFs, take a look at his tool and at his videos and should be relatively straightforward to figure out if an RTF file is malicious and what exactly it's trying to accomplish. And vulnerable peripherals are in the news again. This time it's monitors, just like any other piece of hardware. Monitors do have firmware, they do have memory and complex CPUs that can be exploited. In a presentation at DEF CON, an exploit was demonstrated that would use the firmware in a monitor to then alter what is displayed on the monitor of course, you could also then read whatever data is sent to the monitor. So lots of options here that could lead to a full system compromise without necessarily hitting the actual desktop or a laptop, but instead the entire code is in the monitor where, well, usual anti-malware and forensic software can't get to it. Interesting exploit. Not sure I'm really that surprised that it's possible, but of course we'll have to see how practical in particular remote exploitation of these vulnerabilities will be. It will certainly be an attractive way for an attacker that has admin access to a system to gain persistent access. And over the last few years, several manufacturers came up with external USB drives that include a keypad that allows you to lock the drive using a pin. Now, of course, four, even eight digit pins are relatively easily brute forced. So essentially what these devices do to prevent brute forcing is that they add a delay whenever you do enter the wrong pin or they may eventually totally lock the drive. Well, it turns out the delay is actually governed by the firmware within the locking device. The key that's actually being unlocked by the pin is on the hard drive in many cases. So what an enterprising attacker can do is swap firmware within these locking devices that will then disable that delay and allow arbitrary fast brute forcing of the combination. Or if it's not possible due to physical limitations to actually flash the firmware within the locking device, it's always possible to take the drive out of the device, plug it into a custom unlocking device that would then again brute force the pin arbitrarily fast. This is a little bit similar to the hack that the FBI proposed with the iPhone where they essentially requested that Apple would provide them with custom firmware that would allow arbitrary fast cracking of the pin code that was used to lock the, pad, the phone. 
In some cases, they actually also found that the encryption key used uh, to actually encrypt the data, so that's the key that's uh, locked with the pin code, is the same across all devices from particular manufacturer. In that case, of course, once you have broken that key, then you would be able to break any arbitrary hard drive that was encrypted using this particular manufacturer's hardware. And ESET Security has a quick and simple guide telling users how to figure out which processes are using the webcam. That's of course interesting if you see the activity light on but have no idea what's actually accessing the camera. Well, uh, the trick here is that you have to figure out what the actual device name is of the camera. You can do that with the device manager and then you can use Sysinternals or actually Microsoft's Process Explorer in order to figure out what is accessing this particular device. Probably comes in handy if you ever run into a case where you aren't sure if spyware, for example, took over the camera. Now with Process Explorer, you can identify the process, but as ESET points out, you can kill it, but you can't actually easily remove it from the system. So that would be another step then. Well, and that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. And as a quick pre-announcement, we won't have a podcast for Thursday. Friday should still be okay if travel works out, but due to travel, I'll probably not be able to record Thursday's podcast. Thanks and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.